0: Welcome to Get the Balance Right, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs looking to grow their business in a healthy, sustainable way. I'm your host, Heather Zaitzwolf, CPA and business advisor. Each week, you will learn actionable steps to streamline your processes, increase your profits, and make a bigger impact as a purpose-driven leader. Join me in conversations with CEOs and renegades in digital media, marketing, advertising, and design. Want to ignite your passion for business? Then let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Get the Balance Right podcast. I am your host, Heather Zeitzwolf. For our last episode, number 36, we were joined by Trish Taylor. She is a personal stylist, and we discussed how entrepreneurs are often taking on the role of being the face of the brand. For this episode, we're pushing on to the next step. The focus this time is about capturing the brand story through video. We are joined by Carrie from Concurrent Productions, a video production company that she owns with her husband, Jeff. Using their expertise as storytellers, they create authentic mini documentaries about their clients. Rather than operating the camera... Carrie produces and directs the videos. Between her inquisitive approach and ability to make camera-shy clients feel comfortable, her videos are very natural and unrehearsed. That's where the real magic happens. Authenticity. Now, when I mention authenticity, your eyes might be rolling around in your head. I know, there's that word again, authenticity. But I can't stress the importance of it enough. I remember back in the late 90s, I was getting a lot of flack for my attire. Now, this was nothing new to me, as I've dealt with this my whole life. My look was not the norm. Think gothic rocker with a hint of glam, sprinkled heavily with Hello Kitty. Eventually, the negativity and the hazing got to me. Perhaps because I was in college, studying business, and I wanted to be taken seriously. Let's face it. I stood out like a raver at a cotillion. I was fed up and tired of being ridiculed, judged, and giggled at. So I made the bold and stupid move of getting rid of a large part of my wardrobe. At least I gave it to charity, and hopefully some lucky goth got my Herman Munster platforms. After cleansing my closet, I regrettably did a 180. I went to J. Crew, and The Gap to purchase a new wardrobe. Thinking about this now makes me want to vomit. I actually started wearing jeans. Yes, the blue kind. And worse, I wore a belt and I tucked in my shirt. I can triumphantly say I never put on a pair of khakis. Sidebar, if khakis are your thing, then wear them proudly. But they are the ultimate and Antithesis of my style. But regardless, I never felt comfortable in these new clothes. Day after day, not feeling authentic wears down your soul. Over time, this normal, and I put normal in air quotes, this normal look was replaced piece by piece. A giant plastic ring, a vintage polyester dress, a colorful Lisa Frank backpack, a fun fur jacket. A glittery skirt, hot pink fishnets, electric blue beehive wig, Bowie-style platforms. It was like being reborn, and the real me blossomed again. When you're authentic, you may get ridiculed, judged, and giggled at, but don't let that stop you. Hiding behind a phony facade is never the answer. You'll never be able to blossom as a fake, whether it be your brand, as an entrepreneur, or the business that you've created. People see through that stuff. Now, I will never be the chick on Instagram with the plush white furniture, expensive manicure, holding a $6 latte while taking a selfie. Nor do I want to be. If that's your thing, more power to you. If not, stop pretending. For me, it's letting my freak flag fly. For you, it might be more of a khaki thing. As long as it's genuine, that's what matters. Being authentic goes way beyond your attire. You must also embody your values, be honest, transparent, admit to your flaws, and be realistic about your limitations. But don't hold yourself back. You should stretch yourself beyond your abilities figure things out, and take on challenges outside of your current accomplishments. That is part of growth. Please do this. It's vital to the success of your business that you evolve. What I'm talking about is a dishonest representation. For instance, once I hired a handyman, I'm using air quotes again, handyman, to resurface my concrete kitchen countertops. He assured me he knew what he was doing. After he ruined the middle section of it, it was too late. He didn't warn me, and then he spent the rest of the afternoon trying to even out the imperfection so that the countertop looked equally as bad everywhere else. My countertops went from funky art chic to Fred Flintstone's abode in one regrettable afternoon. If he had been transparent with me, and said he'd never done countertops. Rather than pretending that he did, I wouldn't have had to pretend I was cooking for Barney Rubble for the next 10 years. Thank goodness we finally had that countertop replaced. As members of my audience, you are most likely an entrepreneur. You might be in marketing, design, SEO, or something else. Regardless, video is majorly impacting how we do business. The number two search engine to Google is YouTube, which is Google. Video is one of the best mechanisms for demonstrating our brand to potential buyers, to existing customers, to employees, to vendors, and any other stakeholders. Why is being authentic so important? Well, besides people seeing through your BS... Your fraudulent representation could be costing you money. Your individuality is what separates you from the pack. Now, I talked about this last week on the podcast, but in case you missed it, if you are selling a product or service that other companies offer, the way to differentiate yourself is to double down on you. A great way to do this is through storytelling. That's why video can be such a powerful mechanism for marketing. Telling your unique story is a great way to showcase your business. But you need to feel comfortable. It's hard to when you're wearing a mic, there's a crew standing around you, there's hot lights on your face, and worse, a camera with a glowing red light staring you down. I love hamming it up on stage. But when a camera starts rolling on me, I become a bumbling idiot. It's that feeling of permanency that gets me all tongue-tied. How about you? How do you handle that? Now, if you get tongue-tied like me, having a person around like our guest is so vital to help facilitate the process. I'm super excited to have Carrie on the show today. Not only is Carrie a talented storyteller, she is also a purpose-driven leader. Her company partakes in 1% for the planet, and we talk about that in the show as well. All right, here's my conversation with Carrie to discuss her approach in capturing the brand story for her clients through video. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Get the Balance Right podcast. Today, my guest is Carrie Vizell. That's me. Thank you so much for having me. I have pronounced it, I think.
1: It's perfect. Like it's better than I pronounce it. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> I'm getting all Frenchy Frenchy. I actually have a listener out in France. Bonjour. Oh. All right. Let's just start off with who are you? I want to hear a little bit about yourself, what your background is and what you do. Ooh, who am I? That's deep. I describe myself
1: as a storyteller. That's really the common thread of my experience professionally. I started as a grant writer. I guess backing up before that, I went to college thinking I was going to be a Christian missionary, and I went to India. And the short story is that unraveled my entire worldview. I was studying cultural anthropology and really trying to understand why do people do what they do. I think has always been my driving curiosity, and in storytelling, so that. Brought me to grant writing. I wrote business plans for immigrant entrepreneurs, then transitioned into independent filmmaking, which I've done simultaneously for a while. And then also now I run a company with my husband where we make mini documentary style videos for businesses for marketing purposes.
0: Are you doing more of the directing and storytelling portion of it, or do you also work the cameras?
1: My husband and I actually we produce and direct and we hire a crew for cinematography there's a lot that goes into it. Glue together, I guess, is the job of a producer and project manager.
0: How do you get your clients? Do you go after a certain target? I know you work with small businesses, but is it mainly just small business or do you have a niche within that?
1: We're working on really figuring out who is our ideal client and our ideal target. And I guess from most recent clients we've had, I would say it's really someone who's leading a company or a company that has a leader that is really passionate about what they do. Someone who's willing to take a risk and do things a little bit differently. Those are the kinds of clients we love and I think who get us and understand the value that we can bring
0: to them. Telling a story, there's been a lot in marketing about everything is built on a story, but based on what I've read about you, that you're actually trying to make, and you've alluded to this, like a documentary. When you help business owners, rather than just a marketing piece, you're doing like a mini documentary. Can you explain that? We're driven
1: by why do you do what you do? Anything related to Simon Sinek is we love him. And we were doing that. And then someone was like, Oh, have you read this book? Start with why? And we were like, Oh, there's a thing for what we want to do. Someone has really embodied this. And it's a real thing. We follow a lot of that philosophy and really just hone in on the passion behind somebody. I think by doing that, we're able to really draw out the story of why do you care about this? And why do you care about solving this problem for your clients? And there's a personal element to it, a personal attachment. We start with that and really draw that out of people. Like, why are you a data person? Tell me about that and go from there.
0: On your website, I noticed that you had a bit about where, I think it was on a reel that I was watching where people were talking about how they didn't have to come to the video shoot with anything in hand that you really created all the questions to ask them. And it was super easy for them. Is that kind of how you work?
1: Yes, that is exactly how it worked. So I personally, I don't really like being on camera. Like I've gotten used to it. Part of what makes me nervous about it is just Being feeling like I need to prepare and do it. I love that you sent me an outline, but that you didn't send me exact questions. Cause I even noticed, like I looked at it right before this and I noticed I'm rehearsing in my head. Stop doing that. Let it go. Forget about it. I don't like to make people feel ever like they have to do something right. And everyone comes to it with, they know everything that they need to say. And we also edit it. It's not going to be messed up.
0: For people to be authentic on camera, because I know it takes a little while, like you have this camera in your face and if you're not an extrovert or you're not used to having a camera right on your face with that blinking horrible red light, it takes a while to forget that it's there and feel at ease. Do you do a lot of shoots, retakes or you just keep talking or how does that work? We just keep talking. Making eye contact
1: is a really key thing. Even though we're through a computer screen, you're doing that for me, and you're nodding, like you're doing the things that I would do. That just help establish that connection where you don't feel like you're talking into a void. That is the worst feeling. I feel a connection with you, and that's what I want to give to people as well. There's a moment I think where people click in to okay, they're letting their guard down they're shoulders are relaxing, they're settling in, and you can feel that. And so those are the moments we're going to take.
0: How long is these mini documentaries that you make for businesses?
1: they're short they're usually about 90 seconds but can be anywhere from 60 seconds to three minutes as long as the story is compelling Um, and to get that we film for over an hour if it's one person if we have three people in a video we would film them really each for an hour part of it is theming where we want to have it be a complete theme and complete story but part of it just is getting those moments we see them when it's happening and we know okay that's one it just takes some time
0: Hey there, this is Heather. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, and if you are, if you wouldn't mind, please hit the subscribe button now. That way, you'll never miss an episode. All right, now back to the podcast. Are you figuring out the story ahead of time before you interview them? And is the story based on? them or what services that they provide and their clients that they serve? How do you figure out what the story is?
1: Sometimes it's surprising in a way. Like We definitely do a lot of research and understand what our clients do, who they serve, all the typical things that we need to know. And I start with some of those questions because the person we're interviewing is going to feel like they need to get that out. They're going to panic if they don't say what they do, but we're not going to put that in there because it's boring. Though I will say we find ways to put that in there in a clever way, framed in an emotional statement. For me, instead of something like I serve clients who need videos to tell their story, I might just simply instead pull something out that's I love helping my clients tell their story. So you just see the difference subtly where I'm talking about something I love, something I'm passionate about rather than a list of things.
0: On your website, you talk about creating this sort of safe space for the people that you interview. For instance, like people that are more introverted. Can you explain how you do this? So you mean when we're in person with people?
1: Part of it is just getting a sense of how comfortable is this person on camera. Having a pre-interview over the phone is helpful. Have you ever done this before? And just getting a sense of that. Sometimes that doesn't really tell you what you need to. Like I had one person one time who seemed really confident on the phone and he had a stutter. That was okay. We worked around it. I think it's just a matter of connecting with people and getting a read on them. I'm pretty intuitive to make people feel like when I'm talking to you, I'm just talking to you. There's other stuff going around. There's audio and there's a camera person and they're doing technical stuff, but it doesn't matter. They're just doing their job and we're just here to talk.
0: I think it also helps the fact that you don't have a camera, that you're not operating the camera and trying to interview them or produce this video at the same time. I think that's great.
1: That's essential. I get really distracted by visual things. So I make sure the camera and the person operating the camera is to the side and is not in any way impairing my line of sight with the person I'm interviewing.
0: Part of the storytelling do you feel happens in the editing process? How do you relate that to whoever's doing the editing? How do you make sure that your story comes through when it's edited?
1: My husband does a lot of the editing, but he's also starting to hire editors. Part of it is that the story comes through in the edit. Sometimes you don't exactly know what's going to be the right theme Or there's usually a lot of different themes you could do. There's probably a lot of different angles or ways to tell the story. Part of that is up to the editor to understand what the goals are and to make sure the client is clear that they might be surprised and on board with that. And then also to change it too. If we do rough cuts and if they don't like it, we change it. But that is part of excitement. Even if you have a script, even if you have a script, there's a script and there's what you film and there's the edit. Like it's always different.
0: Do you edit it with some B-roll where it shows maybe some of their clients or, you know, them at their desk or is it all just at their headshot? How does how do you edit these?
1: For in-person shoots, which are limited right now or limited to impossible, we love to have B-roll if that's an option that is always ideal. And right, like you said, it would be them in action or even at their desk, something that shows what they do. And that's part of the visual storytelling too, where you don't necessarily have to say everything you can see it. A roofer is a great example of a client that had great visuals. Right now we're doing some remote testimonials and remote work. So sometimes it is just a talking head and we kind of work around that
0: with some camera magic. What would you recommend to business owners if they want to create one of these videos? What are some things, maybe features or Areas, topics that they should include in this mini documentary that they make about themselves.
1: I have an exercise I like to bring people through, and it's really simple. Anyone can do it on their own. Just time yourself for one minute. And for one minute, start with what are all the things you do? Just listing them out. You can record yourself audio. You can take notes, however you want to do it. But give yourself the time limit. Start with what, then move on to how, then move on to why, and then move on to who you are. In that way, you get through the things that you're compelled to list out and you also make yourself think about why do you do what you do and then go back to it and really build your story backwards, starting with who you are, why you do what you do. And then the how and the what, maybe they're in your video or maybe they're just text on your website.
0: I like that. And what about including stories about their clients that they've served? Is that something that should go into that or is that video should be more geared towards the actual business owner?
1: I love customer testimonials and you would always want that person to appear on camera themselves if you can. That's a fantastic way to show-don't tell about your business and really have someone speak for you. It's also really lovely. Like it's really it can be really surprising and wonderful. One way that I've been doing that to build case studies is just filming exit interviews with clients over Zoom. So if you're doing a DIY on this, try that out and have the set of questions that you ask, film it. On zoom, you will get feedback on how to improve. And then also, you might really even be surprised about things they tell you directly.
0: Wow, that's a great idea. If somebody had one of these after a project or something, then they interview, do they have to then give them a release form to fill out? Or do you put that into your original contract? Like I might interview you after this project is over and get your reaction? What do you recommend for people to do?
1: I think you always want to get permission explicitly. You wouldn't want to have a surprise. Having it in your contract ahead of time, great. But also I would remind people if you got permission before, you want to get it again. If you're recording on Zoom, in some states you have to ask permission explicitly. You want to be careful about that. There are also regulations for some industries. If there's regulations in your industry, you probably know. But you want to be careful about that. And of course, always be true to the authentic things that people tell. You You don't want to be
0: editing in some like, tube's great or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) What tools are you using to create these videos? Are you filming in Zoom or some other kind of video software? And then you have to make it look impressive after all that, right? The ability to make it look impressive is definitely limited. And we do lean into this is not going to
1: look like an in-person shoot. Everyone knows that. We're not trying to duplicate that. So actually what we do is have whoever we're interviewing record on their phone. So we send them a lighting kit and coaching them through the first part of the session is, okay, where are you going to sit? Where does the light look best? What does your background look like? So it looks good, as good as possible. It doesn't have clutter in the background. The focus is on them.
0: But it's also not going to be perfect. You're sending them a lighting kit. That's really cool. You're in the Los Angeles area. Do you mainly work with people in that area of California or being virtual? Does that help you to have clients that are elsewhere? How does that work? We can work really anywhere. We've worked in various places throughout the U.S. We would work internationally
1: if someone wants to hire us. We're not really limited by that. We're really just limited by travel
0: restrictions right now. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was some challenges with COVID. And you've answered most of this. Have you been mostly working remotely, or have you actually been able to go on set using these COVID guidelines?
1: The last time we were filming on set was in the summer, and in California, we were able to do some outdoor shoots, which was fine and great. We worked at someone's home, and he was really careful about it and wanted us to be careful. We would have our own guidelines. And the filming itself is actually quite far away. Like The cameras look like they're close, but we're more than six feet away. So we're six feet away outside. That is pretty comfortable for us to be able to do that in a climate that allows for it. We've done a little bit of that. Otherwise, virtually, we've been getting clients virtually
0: lately. And you give towards 1% for the planet. I'm all about being a purpose-driven business. Can you explain a little bit about why you give to 1% for the planet And what being a purpose-driven business means to you? I love
1: 1% for the Planet. It's an amazing network of people who have pledged to give 1% of their annual gross to organizations that are working toward environmental issues. So they have a network of organizations that can be counted toward that. It's exciting. My husband and I each choose, he chose the Trust for Public Land and I chose Western Aspen Alliance, which wasn't part of the network, but then has been invited in. So it's also an interesting way to, Hey, here's maybe a chance where you're now in this directory where you could raise additional funds from people who are looking for organizations to support. And it's really cool just to be part of a movement. Okay. There's people are doing this. We're not alone in this. There's a lot of effort and we're really just a a tiny piece of
0: it. I was going to do 1% for the planet. But at this point, I'm giving towards Amnesty International. At some point, I will join 1% for the planet. But I didn't realize you could pick the actual charity that you wanted to donate to. The
1: one that I am really invested in is a scientist out of Utah who cares for a creature, an aspen grove called Pando. And it is one single organism that is like 40,000 stems of the same tree. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I love it. And I've gotten to Visit it. I'm obsessed with Pando and the metaphor of it. And you also asked about the importance of being a purpose-driven company. You have to be purpose-driven in what you do and why you do it, but also to recognize that you're part of something else
0: too. In the show notes, I will definitely put things about this scientist. I've never even heard of that before. You've got a podcast that's coming out. What is this podcast about?
1: Yes, yes. It's called I reinvented my life in business and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs who midlife or later in life were going one direction and realized I need to get my soul back on track and really searching for and finding what makes them feel more alive and what aligns with them
0: and just going for it. Well, have you started interviewing people or is this coming out soon or when will the podcast be out? Yes, I have a trailer up, so that
1: should be populating across platforms now. I just got approved from iTunes. Yay! The first episode will be out later this month, and it'll be monthly. I've done two interviews so far and have a third lined up. I'm excited about it, and the stories are so far
0: really interesting. That's so great. I listened to the trailer. It sounds really exciting. You have a course that's coming out. You and your husband created a course. Can you talk about that a little bit? It is a
1: course based on... We did some guest lectures around L.A. about three years ago when you could do them in person. That's really based on that and the feedback we got from people and what they needed to know about storytelling in their videos. Um, and it's called How to Create a Brand Story Video That Isn't Boring. And really, it is our philosophy of how do you frame things from an emotional point of view And how do you express your passion and really draw people into who you are more than a list of services about what you do, which is the natural inclination and kind of what A lot of people do, but digging into vulnerability and really how do you draw that out yourself?
0: Was the target for this course, is it videographers, filmmakers? Is it just a business owner? Who was your target for this?
1: Business owners who are really in a position of wanting to do it themselves, knowing, hey, I have everything I need on my phone to make a video and maybe have a video, but want to update it. It's not about technical. It's about how do you tell your story and get that out in a way that is compelling.
0: When I had asked you about the course off camera, you had said that you used Thinkific? Thinkific. So tell me about Thinkific, the tool that you use. It's
1: a great platform. I haven't had much experience with it other than building the course on it and a homepage. And it's really easy to use and really just nicely laid out with good suggestions. It's been a really good experience as a course platform so far.
0: I love to ask people about technology. I have that shiny object syndrome where I love technology so much and then I learn about something new and I'm like, ooh, I gotta try that out.
1: Yeah, and I wanna give a shout out to CourseMed method. Lisa Parmley is someone who I've connected with and she's building a community of course creators. If you're building a course, if anyone is, she's fantastic. And it's hard to believe, wow, she's really giving all of this information and it's really affordable.
0: She's great. Got a few things to put in the show notes of new discoveries that I've made. Wow. That's great. If people want to work with you, where's the best place to either get a hold of you, work with you, all of those good things? Our website is concurrentproductions.com.
1: That's the best place to start. And we have contact forms on there that will get directly to
0: us. And are you on Instagram or LinkedIn or any of those places? LinkedIn. I rebel against all other social media, but I love LinkedIn. I personally would be off of social media, but I have to for building this stuff. I don't know. But anyways, I'm only on Instagram because people tell me I have to be on there. (laughs) <laughs> that is the reason why a lot of people are on there. All right, Carrie, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time. and Thanks yeah. for being on the show. Thank you so much. Hey, this is Heather. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you found value in the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave me a rating on iTunes or just simply tell a friend about it. And if you're interested in learning more about my profit advising and coaching, please set up a discovery call by using the link in the show notes. All right. Thanks so much and see you next time.